It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. So we're walking through a series this week called The Immovable Man. And uh, the subtitle I have, which I really like, is Built to Stand When Others Sit. So yesterday I established the first point to the first component in what makes this immovable man. And that is that he is a second. He must be a second. That doesn't make any sense if you didn't listen to yesterday, but there's always a first and there's always a second. The first man is Adam, the second man is Christ. So that's, that's a very simple enunciation of what I went through yesterday. But this idea is you cannot be found in Adam. You must put off the old man and his deeds, and you must put on the new man, Christ. You must wear Christ as if he's clothing, as if he's armor, as if he's a strong tower. You must find your refuge in him. That's where salvation is found, but that's also where strong manhood is found. Strong manhood is found in Christ. That is where the power comes, to function in this body as men as we ought to function. So the name of this one is Ready to Suffer. Most of us as men would look at a title like that. In fact, there's a few people that might even skip over this particular message because of the title, Ready to Suffer. I, who, who wants to suffer? You see, a man is built to suffer. I, I know, that doesn't translate well into the American mindset. However, we are designed just as Jesus. Jesus came to this earth, and he was constructed as a man for what purpose? to lay down his life on our behalf, okay? We could say it this way, to suffer. To suffer in the stead of others. To actually be an intercessor and to take a hit that was actually aimed at someone else. You see, there is a hit that is aimed at the human race. We are deserving of a just condemnation and a judgment. And yet Jesus is going to stand in front and he's going to take that blow. He is going to take that wrath. He is going to take that punishment upon himself. Whoa, that's an incredible picture. But most of us, though we know it happened, do not realize that this is a sampling of what it means to be a man. And yes, Jesus is the capital M man. He's the perfect man in every regard. However, as lowercase men, which is what we are, those of us that are of the male uh, nature, we are called to enter into Christ, become a second, a twice born, a born, one born again in Christ because of our faith, and then we are to be changed in our thinking, in our reasoning, and we recognize the reason that I am built is so that this strength that I have been given can be given to others. That I am built to lay down my life so that others can live. That I am built to sacrifice that others would be saved. I am a rescue vehicle. I have been granted a special strength. You know, if we understand femininity to be the weaker vessel, well then we understand manhood to be the stronger vessel. But why is it given that strength? Not so that it can take for itself, which is of course the great abuse and twisting of manhood called perversion, but so that it could be spent to protect and preserve that which is around us. We as men should be given, giving up our lives to preserve the integrity and purity of women, not conquering it. You see, there is an abuse of that strength that has been given to us, and that is completely wrong. But what happens when a man uses that strength properly? Well, as the title of this message says it, he's ready to suffer. And that is such an incredible picture of what manhood is. Every great soldier is ready to do what? He's ready to suffer. 
we would typically say he's ready to spend himself or he's ready to die. However, the idea is he's ready to go through difficulty. He's ready to face pains. He's ready to face challenges. Why? So that he can give life for others. So that he can supply something exquisite that others can enjoy. And this is, of course, what Jesus is doing for his bride. So the immovable man, five characteristics of strength. So we're working on the second right now. And I have a name for this characteristic, and I'll give it to you in a second. Uh, The bully, missing the manly moments. So oftentimes when we start out a semester at Ellerslie, I'll gather the guys, uh, the men from that class on the stage. We'll have a man talk. And in this man talk, I usually will give an illustration of a story that happened years ago in my life when I was in elementary school. And we had a bully. And uh, the bully in our school would always challenge uh, little guys to fight him. Usually he wouldn't pick anyone big. He wanted the small guys. And he'd challenge them to fight him in the park after school. In the park after school. And then he'd drag this poor little kid across the street into the park after school, you know, or get his cronies to do it. And then everyone would surround, and everyone, you know, in elementary school seemed to love a fight. And they were like, fight, 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 fight. But I wasn't allowed to go to these things because I had to go straight home after school. My mom made it very clear to stay on the sidewalk and, and walk back home, Eric. Don't, don't be distracted. And yet I was distracted. And one day I crossed the street, even in, dis- in disobedience to my mom, and I went in, into this crowd where everyone was yelling, fight, fight, fight. And I saw a big bully and a little small dweebish guy. And this guy was probably even smaller than me, and I was pretty small at the time. And it was wrong. Everything about the situation was wrong. You have a, a bully who's double, triple the size of this little, little boy over here, and he's going to beat him up? I mean, this, is, this isn't right. This is unfair. This is unjust. And even though I knew it, and probably every single person in the, in the group knew it, no one did anything. And who am I to do something? And so as a result, I saw something that, was, that deeply scarred me growing up, and that was the bully, you know, pin down the little boy and start beating him up. And it, 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 it impacted me in a great way because, and there's a reason for that, and that is because I'm a man, and I'm built to do something, but I didn't. And when you as a man are built to do something, but you don't, something is wrong. It's like a violation of your nature. And so as a result, one of the reasons I bring up this story is because it's a man moment. It's a man opportunity. The bully creates an opportunity for a man to stand strong. You see, what would I train my boys to do but to stand? Not to just beat up the bully. That's not the great intent of Eric Ludi in, in my training of my boys, but to stand against the bully, to represent truth in the midst of that situation and that hazard. And when truth stands in the midst of that and says, hey, leave him alone, and then, of course, the bully has his line, hey, get out of the way, Ludi, otherwise I'll beat you up too. No, you're going to have to get through me to get through to him. You know, it's just the classic lines. However, when someone stands, the gospel is preached. I'm not saying when the bully is beat up, even though that would be a nice uh, additive. I'm just saying when someone stands. When a man stands and everyone else sits, the gospel is preached. It's preached to the bully, for instance. And that night, he's ro- you know, rolling in, around in bed and he can't get comfortable and can't fall asleep. Why? Because he heard something. He recognized that what he was doing was wrong. Was for the first time in his life, someone stood up to him and said, you shouldn't do this. And as a result, he's cut to the heart. He's actually being impressed upon by God that something is wrong in his life. How about the audience? The crowd around are hearing the gospel, and they're seeing what is right, what is a righteous behavior, what a man ought to do. And they're seeing what Christ did on behalf of us. And how about the little boy? 
the little boy is looking at uh, this, this hero, even though the hero may go down with one punch on the, on the way to, to beat up the little boy, the little boy still could be beat up. However, he's seen someone stand for him the way Christ stood for him. And so as a result, even in our smallish way, when we take our man moments and we rise up and face the bully, it is incredible how the gospel permeates a culture. But what happens when no one stands? When no one stands, the gospel does not permeate a culture. So this is quality number two in the immovable man, and we're going to call it he must be a first sufferer. See, this idea of being a first sufferer is very, very critical in the development of, man, of a man. Because in every situation, you know, like say some bad guy comes to your door, kunk, 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 hey, I want to come in and hurt your family. Well, could you imagine I shove my kid to the door and say, hey, you deal with that. Or how about I say, hey, honey, could you go to the door? I'm going to take the kids and we're going to hide in the basement. You see, there's something inherently wrong with that because a man is designed to be the first sufferer. And so even though yesterday I talked about the fact that he must be a second, now I'm saying he must be a first sufferer. You see, Jesus is the second man, but he's the first sufferer. He's the first one to lay down his life. He's the first one to raise his hand and say, take me instead. You see, a man is willing to be the first one to rise up and say, I'll go. I'll do the hard thing. I'll lay down my life. If someone needs to die, it will be me. This is manliness in its essence. And that's why we're attracted to it. That's why Hollywood sticks it in its, it sticks it in its movies. That's why the greatest storytellers stick it in the stories. This is what we're attracted to. This is the Christ quality, and this is what we are designed for. Hebrews 9.26, but now once at the end of the ages, he, Jesus, has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So he sees a problem, it's known as sin. How does he deal with it? He personally is going to come and sacrifice himself. You see a problem in this world, how are you going to deal with it? You personally need to be willing to sacrifice yourself to see it dealt with. This is the great storyline. This is what makes a man manly. Practicing sacrifice. So I, I have a, a great line on the screen here. It says, stop missing all those juicy manly moments. There are so many manly moments in our life. You don't just have to go to a park when you're in elementary school and look for a bully fighting a kid. They're all over the place. They're manly moments where something is wrong and a man is needed. A man is needed to voice something. A man is needed to do something. And this could be as small as just like standing up and clearing the table. Or how about someone wants some more water in their cup at, at dinner and you go up and you, you get a pitcher full of water and you put water in every, everyone's glasses without being asked. In other words, you initiate the movement that is going to bless others. You spend your energy. You give up your time. You give up your resource so that others can be strong. This is the Christ nature. This is the first sufferer. If someone is going to suffer, say there's, uh, it's cold and there's only three blankets but four people, who goes without? You raise your hand and you say, I'll go without. If there's, uh, if there's four people and there's only three more, uh, I was going to say biscuits left on the table, the man is willing, even though he may have the biggest stomach, to say, no, I'll go without. Practice sacrifice. So this week we're, we're discussing in these little sort of miniature uh, ideas this idea of going from cement to concrete. Cement has all the right stuff in it, all the right ingredients, but it's missing something. It's missing something from the outside that isn't in the bag. And that's the same with us. We may be a sack of cement, and we have all the natural ingredients that God has put there. He says, hey, that's good, that's very good, but we're missing something. 
and we need it from the outside of ourselves. It's not something through grit and determination that we gain. It's something that we receive from God. And the first quality was that we need to be a second. We need to be in Christ by faith. The second one is we need to cultivate the mindset of the man. The mindset of the man which is sacrificial in its nature. It's others-centered. This is something that is cultivated by God himself and is not cultivated by us. But when we give our life to Christ, this is what he does within us. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would take this idea, this ready-to-suffer notion, and that you would cause us to catch it as men, that we would see it and that we would allow the Spirit of God to stir this unto a reality in our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.